0: Welcome to 5 Star Weekly. The king dons the armband and we break down the second leg against Allah We also preview the season opener against the Kitties over the weekend. All that and more, coming up. Welcome to the show 5 Star Fam, I'm AJ and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu to go. Check out Thinking Man Tavern. So Atlanta United held off a stiff challenge by Alajuelense on Tuesday night with a 1-0 win at Fifth Third Bake Stadium Tuesday night. We beat them 2-0 on aggregate to move on to the quarterfinals for the third consecutive year. And we will face either Saprissa or Philadelphia Union But uh, that third consecutive season is uh, pretty lofty in terms of that little bit of a kind of stat fact thing. But uh, we become just the second MLS team to achieve that in the CCL era. That's 2008 to the current. LA Galaxy are the other one with uh, 2012 to 2014. That's according to Johannes Schneider. But uh, yes, definitely uh, a good night overall. Maybe not the best performance from the boys, but yeah, they lined up with, uh, yes, Rocco Rocco Rios Novo got another short-term agreement, and it was his second one of four that we can sign him to this season. Uh, Yeah, there are people clamoring for him to maybe be able to get a first-team contract, but we shall see. Uh, Yeah, he definitely... Is uh is showing some good bits and you know we we don't have any senior roster spots though so that uh, is one of those things that will be a obstacle but uh yes Rocco Rios Novo in between the six walks Bello Robinson Lennon Sosa Ibarra Moreno Barco Hindman and Jose Martinez was our captain walking us out onto the pitch. And, uh, yeah, really great to see the uh, the King don that armband and, yes, uh, you know, I think also get his first start of 2021, which is very encouraging. Now, if it was actually truly encouraging any of the performances uh, in the first 20 or so minutes, maybe not so much. But, uh, yeah, Mark... Uh, what were your just initial thoughts on, uh, you know, the match on a whole and, you know, uh, you know, the takeaway of Joseph Martinez being the captain on the night?
1: Um. Well, I mean, Joseph being captain thing, I think is we he, we already see we know that he's an emotional leader, you know what I mean? And so like, uh, he, he is uh, whether he's a captain or not, he's always going to have that approach to the game. Um, so I do feel like he's a natural fitted captain. Um, I could, you know, I could see one or two other players maybe donning the the armband, although off the top of my head, not right now, but, <laughs> you know, maybe, like, down the line, like a Sosa or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I think Joseph is a natural, natural leader. Um, the match itself wasn't great. You know, it just, it, it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least uh especially if you were looking for uh flowing football ch- uh, chances created that sort of thing um there was more of a workman performance right i mean like they had their opportunities of course brooks lennon hits the bar with the header um i thought you saw uh, flashes of some good things like uh one thing that jumped out to me was miles robinson hitting a diagonal a long diagonal to barco you know if we see more that uh this season that i think something to be really excited about but uh yeah overall not a great performance and um i think it was just a little bit of a heat check a little bit of reality check like Mm -hmm. this team is in the process of um you know learning the managers understanding what the manager wants and uh you know they'll see as teams approach them you know what uh what the system offers, you know, layers on, on in terms of uh, obviously shape and um, sort of sequences. But then, like, when the defense reacts to that, you know, what do you do from there? So I think that's what they're gonna have to kind of work through as the season goes on. But uh, can't complain about getting the job done, you know. Like that's the most important thing. You know, I definitely think that knockout competitions are just uh, a different, uh, a different almost ball game from uh, regular season play and so you just, you just have to do what you have to do and it's encouraging to see them be able to grind it out.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, it's definitely uh, so, you know, like you're saying uh, you know, not a really super inspiring performance. I think the first 42 minutes in that first leg was definitely uh, the most encouraging, I think, of uh, halves in this whole tie, but uh, yeah, that uh, that first 20 minutes uh, we had two shots, uh, but none were on target. We had a whole lot of possession, but uh, not really doing much with it. Uh, we pretty much got to the final third and just kind of ran out of ideas against a side that, yes, Al-Huelense, uh they had a lot of uh, trouble being able to field their actual starting lineup uh, going into this match. Uh, they had some uh, travel issues, one could say, that... Uh, Five to seven of their starting uh, 11 pretty much weren't able to take part. Uh, they Possibly
1: self travel issues.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, because they were part of, uh, yeah, the national teams that traveled to Europe uh, 15 days prior. And uh, yes, uh, what Mark was alluding to, the official statement from CONCACAF, uh, they stated their... That Alajuelense's uh kind of oversight and management of their travel and visa arrangements uh pretty much that uh Al-Huelense did not apply for the required exemptions until the day of their travel only two days before the match, and so you know that's uh that's uh, leaving it late that's for sure and uh <laughs> you know like there were a lot Ooh. of people that were uh, slagging us off on uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, our friend uh, CRC Football uh, definitely was doing that as well. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Either way, he also said that they weren't actually relying on as many of those unknown quantities as we all may think. It was actually still a pretty veteran side. It's just that uh, they were maybe playing a little bit, uh, you know, round... Uh, c- circle and square pegs type of thing. You know, it's just like, you know, that, uh, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. kind of be a recipe for mm-hmm. the kind of performance that you saw, I think. That, uh, you know, they also look pretty drab as well. Uh, they weren't really creating too much. But, uh, you know, that's advantage Atlanta for sure because, uh, you know, I'm not really going to be too fussed If, uh, you know, they have issues either way, I mean, yes, is it unfair in some respects of, like, uh, did they not, you know, get those exemptions in time? Uh, It's arguable. Uh, Yeah, self-inflicted, maybe. Is it unfair? Possibly. But, uh, yeah, if Atlanta United waited that long to do it, I mean, I would be a little bit upset at my team as well, so... Uh, ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. we'll take it in that in that sense. But uh, yeah, you know, Jose Martinez, he uh, he played a good number of minutes, and unfortunately, uh, I think for me, wasn't able to really get too involved in the game. Uh, not a lot of service as well. It was a bit difficult for him. Uh, I think he was a little bit indecisive. I think as well uh, of what he really truly wanted to do. Did he want to uh, go all out for the header? Did he want to, uh, you know, on a quick sixpence and turn? He definitely seemed to be, you know, I think like you would expect when someone is just returning from uh, this type of injury, that he's going to be a little reticent to go all out, to really commit 100% into every single bit of movement. But uh, either way, though, I think he uh you know he gets that run out, and it's uh you know something that's pretty useful for him going forward and we still are able to get the result and uh yeah, you know, get the result we did in the uh substitute in Jurgen Dom getting the goal and uh yeah, just talking to through this sequence uh yeah it's a uh, good ball in behind and Ezekiel Barco. Uh, is one-on-one with the keeper and seems like he's trying to round the keeper and uh, yeah, the ball okay. kind of squibbles away just a little bit, uh, but far enough from both of them and Jurgen Dom, I think, does uh, the good thing here in that he's following the play. Uh, he's pretty much running from pretty deep as well and uh, his pace, he's able to pretty much meet it where, yeah, it's an open net he passes it into the back of the net and it pretty much seals the deal. And uh, yeah, it's uh, at that point we knew. Yeah, we were going into the quarterfinals. But uh, yeah, in terms of, you know, this match, it's uh, well, let's first say it was Jurgen Dom's first goal for Atlanta United. So uh, congrats to the boy. Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, good to see him getting on the score sheet. He... Uh, yeah, maybe isn't that out-and-out starter at the moment, but, uh, you know, that kind of super sub at the moment could be, uh, something that he could be really suited for until he gets that kind of match sharpness a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, talking points here, one of them being Marcelina Moreno starting, uh, starting on the right, maybe, maybe not as effective per se, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he's more suited and more accustomed to playing on the left and in the middle. But on the right, he seemed to be a little miscast. Uh, Definitely didn't seem the most comfortable. But uh, Ezekiel Barco, yeah, was working so, so hard throughout the match. Yeah, And, yeah, I mean, he was everywhere uh, being fouled as often as uh, you think he would be, I mean, pretty much every time he was on the ball, but, uh, you know, it is (laughs) one of those things that (laughs) uh, Ezekiel Barco, yeah, he just carried us uh, to the last minute, I mean, and, yeah, you know, pretty much, yes, uh, maybe he was trying to round the keeper, maybe uh, his final third decision-making isn't quite uh, where we want it to exactly be, but... Uh, he does get the assist for Jurgen Dom at the end of the day, and uh, yeah, and we get another clean sheet. So you know, it's uh, a yeah. two of two clean sheets in both. I mean, it's uh you know not not a terrible night all in all, but uh, yeah. Mark any other thoughts?
1: Yeah, at one point I wanted to make uh, you know the and the the al manager made this point before the first leg that they hadn't seen Atlanta before, you know what I mean? So that was just going to be... There was really no real way to prepare for them. You know, they're going to learn a lot about them. And I think um, the way you saw Atlanta control uh, the first leg early on was a reflection of that. Um, I think, you know, what you saw in the second leg was definitely um, a more prepared al And then they were, as our friend uh, Eddie told us they're comfortable sitting deep anyway and so you know they they definitely made the uh the second leg a lot more difficult knowing that they only needed the one goal you know it seemed like that was a strategy just try to catch that out and um you know you know it's tied from there, and anything happened from there so um part of why atlanta struggled and um you know just like being able you know a team having a second goal with you within a week um you know they're definitely gonna know more about you and so I, it'll be interesting to see how Atlanta navigates that throughout the season with the teams that they play twice three times um you know but uh overall you know I'm I'm satisfied like I said before you know at, especially at this stage it's more about getting the results they show the ability to do that um and and yeah I just wanted to echo your sentiment, sentiments on Barco as well I mean like I love, like, the attacking players who are willing to put their body on the line, who are willing to get fouled over and over and over again. It does so much for the team. And uh, that's a good starting point for Barco. But, of course, we'd like to see more empire going forward.
0: Indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he still created four chances, uh, led the team. So it's definitely, uh, you know, there's so many glimpses of promise. It's uh, just hoping that he can, in the final third, really deliver Bring that quality, because it's definitely there. I mean, he, uh, yeah, he worked the keeper a couple times in the second half as well. I mean, uh, you know, if he was a little luckier, could have gotten the score sheet. So, you know, definitely something that, uh, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. And yeah, you make a great point in terms of uh, this being two legs and them sitting so deep that they were really, really difficult to break down, and uh, that just makes it. you know, the things that we need to work on for sure is that, is, the uh, you know, that creativity in the final third to be able to, uh, you know, put away some of these chances, uh, even though, yes, I think the amount of great chances maybe in this match, were uh, maybe just a couple, but either way, you know, we, uh, like we said, get the job done, and, uh, you know, Rios Novo does get another clean sheet. He's got two pro matches and two clean sheets. And, uh, you know, yeah, to be honest, didn't have a lot to do in this match. Let's be sure of that. But, uh, yeah, still the one foot save, though, which was really scary, man. Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, Yeah. What a beauty of that save. Oh, man. Uh, Crucial. But, uh, you know, he seemed to have it covered positionally. He seems to be very sound, and the uh, ball at his feet. Yeah, he uh, he can definitely pick out a pass from the back for sure. And I think the uh, the defense needs to be lauded here uh, for not only this clean sheet, but I think on uh, a job well done in both legs, uh, really keeping it stout and limiting a lot of the chances. Even though, uh, yes, this was a you know maybe not as uh, high powered side that. Aloha Lince is used to, but uh, one more note on this though is that uh, Eric Lopez uh, wasn't part of the squad and a lot of people are questioning, where is he at? Uh, he's a guy that you know seemingly could play a part uh, and is a maybe dangerous guy that you could bring off the bench as well. But Doug Roberson, uh, he pontificated on Twitter that uh, why he's neither starting nor in the game day roster He's saying that maybe he's learning a new position. He's uh, Hainsei is using him as a winger rather than uh, kind of second striker as he's used to. So uh, there is a little bit of maybe that as uh, yeah. Besides Barco, we're not really using a ten per se. It's uh, yeah, we're using kind of dual eights, kind of. So you know, we'll see if that uh, persists. But I also think though, I mean, from what. Uh, we saw against Club America, I think he's got their work rate right to be able to, you know, do that for us. So, you know, it is, uh, it will remain to be seen, uh, for sure. But, uh, Hensei had a little bit of, uh, things to say after the match. And he said that, uh, yes, there's so much that we need to improve on. Uh, it only gets more difficult from here, uh, obviously. Because, yes, we have the MLS season starting. So, uh, yeah, we definitely, yeah, have a lot to uh to work on, but uh Hainsey also talked about joseph martinez's play. he didn't want to evaluate it he said that i want to uh, I want him to enjoy the time on the pitch that I decide to give him so interesting that uh yeah I mean basically I think he's knowing that joseph martinez is, is gonna be i think coddled for a minute it's not gonna be yeah you know allowing him just uh handbrake completely off and just you know let him go off the rails full 90 but uh, you know and that's I, I think, mean I mm-hmm. no yeah I uh, I just want to make a point
1: that so far I like how Anse has been managing Joseph I like it a lot you know what I mean I like that he's kind of and I guess you could say putting his foot down a little bit you know, just uh, doing his job as a manager I think you know because like players are always going to want to play players always going to want to get out there you know especially the most competitive players um and so i think it does need to have that hand up on him you know be careful with how he starts um pulling him after 60 minutes and so on and like i love that quote too you know it's like i just want to go out there and have fun essentially you know but like really joseph needs to get a feel for everything you know he's like mm-hmm. sort of rebuilding almost so um so yeah i just want to give a, a special out to the Avenger for you know how he's handling joseph so far
0: indeed but yes we do move on like we said and we will await who we face in the quarterfinals so let's wrap that baby up and move into the news and it is finally official Alan Franco is an Atlanta United player Darren eels uh, tweeted out a uh, something that I've been saying for a long time about uh, some of our players when we have uh, a lot of turnover at positions is uh, a Spinal Tap reference in, uh, yeah, you know, basically when we had a left-back optional type of uh, squad, it was definitely this type of, uh, you know, Spinal Tap drummer kind of situation, Uh, and then for our center back, kind of, uh, yeah, all the transfer rumors, man, it was just madness, but... Uh, he quotes a, an Arcade Fire song here, and I guess we'll just have to adjust. And so AF also equals Alan Franco. So super cool uh, little reference there if you're an indie rock fan. But uh, yes, <laughs> Alan Franco, he's, he had been in quarantine for uh, about a couple weeks uh, after he tested positive for COVID when he arrived, and uh, yeah, it was just another one of the litany of things that we had to deal with for uh, getting a center back in the door, but he was finally announced, and uh, yes, so we finally have the 24-year-old Argentine center back, uh, but he does come in as a surprise, a designated player, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, the re- reported transfer fee was only $2.8 million, but uh, yeah, he does get the our bon- Independiente do get the bonuses of 100000 if LA United wins the MLS Cup. And 100000 if Franco is chosen amongst the best 11 in MLS. But uh, yeah, uh, there is some... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Independiente could get more or just about that uh, if we uh, sell him for more than that. And that will be... Yeah, that's pretty much a really, really good deal in terms of uh, 2.8 million for a guy that seemingly, you know, doesn't come for a designated player fee in that sense. But I mean, it's uh, this right. is massive to be able to bring in a player of his quality. Uh, Carlos Bocanegra, yeah, loves his competitiveness. Love that. He, loves that he's an aggressive center back uh, who's comfortable with the ball at his feet. And, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of experience in the Copa Sudamericana and the Copa Libertadores. So, yeah, he will be uh, integrated into the team uh, slowly, probably, because, uh, yeah, I mean, he has been training this past week. But he is still not eligible to play for LA United because of a visa that's still being processed. So, you know, uh, that's why he wasn't able to take part in the second leg of alohalense but he did talk about uh yeah watching that first leg and that was quite hilarious because he wasn't able to find it he had to watch the match on delay uh and he couldn't find the channel and then uh yeah i think we can all kind of uh really relate here in uh (laughs) franco's troubles here because wow yeah They need to sort that out, that whole thing. But that's a whole separate discussion. But yes, uh, AJC and both The Athletic both reported that Marcelino Moreno will be bought down as a TAM player. So that Franco can fill that third DP spot. But thoughts on Franco finally being an Atlanta United player. And we finally get our starting center back.
1: Praise be to whoever you thank him, thank him. Cause, (laughs) oh my gosh, I was really concerned when, um, well, with this deal, when this deal looked like it was going to fall through or looked like Alina was going to walk away. It was just like, well, what now? But, uh, no, I'm actually really thrilled about, about this player in particular, especially his age. You know, he's 24. He's in the prime of his career. He's, uh, obviously a highly lauded defender in the Argentina league. And so, You know, it just—it seems like obvious. Again, I don't—I'm not too comfortable making judgments on players I haven't watched play myself. But um, all of the signs, you know, suggest that this will be a player that the manager wants, and uh, we should expect to see in the starting lineup very soon. And uh, you know, bringing in a top center back to pair with Miles Robinson, who really seems like he's coming into his own now, could make us really formidable at the back. And then, you know, having you know, so doing the thing where he splits the center back so it's it's very exciting to think about. So <laughs> yeah. um can't wait to see him on the field. Hopefully uh we can get him in there soon.
0: Yeah. Uh hopefully he is eligible to play over the weekend, but we shall see. Uh I'm if our was a betting man, I would probably bet against that, but uh as he yeah I think probably would uh do well with maybe a run out before he gets a full on start to uh, really, I think, get the bearings in MLS in that way. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, what's interesting for me, uh, for him filling that DP spot is, uh, yeah, I mean, we basically have a DP defender, we have a DP midfielder, and we have a DP forward. And, uh, yeah, not too many MLS clubs, if any, could say that, uh, you know, and it's definitely, it's, uh, yeah, that's going to be, you know, something interesting going forward if he stays a D P, uh, in terms of Franco, uh, because there is maybe some speculation that he might not, uh, going forward. I mean he could be bought down as well. But uh that definitely just I think bolsters the type of depth that we have in our uh in our lineup that we can pretty much have, you know, another former D P on the pitch that's uh you know, that bodes well, I think in the prospects of uh, you know how we can perform on the pitch. But uh, let's move on to Mateus Jossetu. And, uh, yeah, he's reportedly supposed to be back from Brazil this week. Uh, he may have been working on his green card, says uh, Doug Roberson. And uh, we'll see if he actually is. That might open up uh, one of those international spots uh, or... I don't know, maybe some people are speculating that Hosetu might be the one that uh, unfortunately is maybe sacrificed from the roster, if not. Uh mm-hmm. but would that be uh something that uh would be a little bit uh harmful to our roster? What what do you think? Uh you know, would you be would you be remiss losing Hosetu?
1: Yeah right now I would say yes. Because uh, you look at the midfield that's been used so far, it's basically Sose Ibada and Hyman. Uh, now I could see, you know, using the place at that sort of eighth position that Hyman's playing. So maybe a Moreno, maybe even Barco. Um, in terms of Ibarra, though, I'm not sure you have a natural replacement, you know, like maybe Mo Adams, for example, or um, I'm struggling to think of someone else. Though. Maybe Hyman gets moved into that position, but... Uh, I think he would want some depth overall. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, early on last season, especially in preseason, we saw some things with Hussetu that was, you know, kind of promising. And so I think Hussetu may be one of those players that improves because of the system and the manager. Um, so I would say he, I wouldn't write off his future with LA United yet, at least this season. Yeah. But I wouldn't write off yet.
0: Yes, LA United do need to get roster compliant before the match against Orlando City, so uh, no doubt there will be some moves announced soon. But uh, yeah, just stay tuned on our socials for that. But uh, yes, Uh, moving on from that, MLS has officially announced the U22 initiative. Uh, There's definitely, uh, yeah, in terms of that, there's three, there's, uh, for each club, there are some specific things that uh, get kind of wonky, but... uh, Another new 2021 roster rule is that uh, there's no amount of fee earned from the transfer of a designated player that may be converted into GAM. And so that also is uh, interesting as well, because why would they create a new rule that pretty much disincentivizes selling DPs and maybe U22 players as well? As opposed to the old system, it uh, just may be... I don't know. It's another one of those MLS things that uh, yeah makes you question a lot of uh, their thinking. But uh, you have a quick thought on that?
1: Uh, what the river getting too deep in the weed. So, what about Tam? Is Tam going to continue existing or Tam? They're getting rid of Tam, right?
0: Exactly. So it's, uh, so it's Tam. Yeah, Tam is not going to be existing, uh, and so yeah, it would just be a lot of general allocation money and so it is yeah just
1: yeah and it is weird yeah right then it's like you basically have to use the money for dps right is that what they you know like since the trade that mls is saying okay we're giving you essentially let's say they add to be 22 so we're giving you uh slots for six dps but any money that you make from selling a dp you have to then you know i i don't know i mean i'm not again i <laughs> Who knows what' is thinking?
0: <laughs> it's uh, another one of those perplexing roster rules things that we won't get too into the weeds uh, like you were saying. Yeah, so right. but anyway let's move on into uh, maybe one of the people that does get into the weeds uh, in terms of that's Lucy Rushton, <laughs> our uh, our former now technical uh, or head of technical recruitment and analysis. she has been signed away from our front office and she has been hired as DC United's general manager. And also the head of technical recruitment and analysis there as well. Congratulations to her, but big blow for us. Uh, I mean, she's a big part of our history. She's been there from the beginning, Uh, but she does become the second uh, GM in MLS history to be a female. Uh, The other one was Lynn Murter Panel or Murter Perel of San Jose Clash in 1999. But uh, yes, Darren Eels did have a statement to, uh, to say about Lucy Rushton. She said, or he said that uh, Lucy has been valued, has been a valued and well respected member of Atlanta United front office from the beginning days of her club. She came to Atlanta as the only female head of an, an analytics in MLS and has brought a high level of expertise and perspective to our technical department for the past five years. We couldn't be prouder of Lucy's achievements and the opportunities that lie ahead for her. We are happy that she will continue to contribute to our league, and we wish her the very best of luck in her future endeavors. Uh, That, uh, yeah, the tough part here is that she goes to a supposed rival a little bit in DC United, and, uh, you know, we'll see plenty of her, and she definitely knows our front office intimately. And so if there are any like uh, mentorship or, you know, tips that and advice that we could give her, uh, I hope they don't (laughs) because (laughs) we don't want D.C. United to, uh, you know, usurp us in any degree. But um, yeah, any thoughts on Rushton going to D.C. United? Uh, Just
1: major congrats to her. I mean, like, you know, she was always on the social. She was obviously a key part of the front office. Um, and so it's, it's great to see her get this opportunity, and um, you know, hopefully it opens doors for more uh, female GMs in the future,
0: definitely. And uh, so, uh, let's move on to the match preview, then, and uh, you know. We're playing our old little nemesis in the Orlando Kitties. And uh, it's Saturday, April 17th, 3 p.m. at Exploria Stadium. And, uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately last season wasn't spectacular against them. Kind of annoying, really. Uh, We were uh, 0-2-2 in terms of... Uh, Wins, losses, and draws. Uh, We, yes, unfortunately lost at home, but we were still undefeated at Exploria Stadium, so that is good. Uh, Hopefully we can keep that run going. But, uh, yeah, last season for the Kitties, they finished in fourth place in the East. 41 points. Uh, They lost in the conference semifinals to the New England Revolution. But... uh, Yes, definitely, uh, you know, in terms of our series matchup overall, uh, yeah, we have seven wins to their two, four draws. Uh, so, yeah, we're still very much in pole position in this uh, rivalry, so to speak. And, uh, you know, they'll have a long way to really catch up. But uh, this will be the first of uh, many this season that we do play against Orlando City. Uh, they... This they've been gearing up pretty much their whole preseason to play us essentially, and uh, they have two games to go Great. off of in terms of scouting us. Of course, we won our first two matches of the season in the Champions League, of course. But uh, yeah, you know they have uh, maybe not a lot of new players, but uh, one player in Alexander Pato that uh, you know is maybe geared up to possibly do some things in MLS. But uh, also, Nani is another player to watch for sure for them, the uh, veteran player for them and their captain. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely, of course, in terms of uh, that pedigree, he's played for Manchester United. So he's that guy that uh, as they go, he goes, or as he goes, they go, rather. But uh, definitely mm-hmm. they, are, uh, they are a team that uh, definitely – I think prioritize continuity in the off season. They didn't make a ton of moves. Uh, they only really brought in Bato, uh, Sylvester, Van der Water, but they did lose a key guy in their striker in Daryl DK, who of course is in the EFL championship. And uh, also Josue Coleman and Kamal Miller. But uh, yeah, DK not being part of their squad anymore in terms of uh, at least in the interim he's on loan but uh yeah pato in instead what do, you, what do you think like does pato strike fear in your heart or uh are you you know happy to see maybe daryl dk maybe you know not part of their squad and maybe hopefully sold actually uh you know somewhere <laughs> by orlando city
1: yeah i'll answer your second question first and- Definitely thrilled to not see DK in the league. I think it is cool, too, that he's uh, doing well at uh, Barnsley. And, yeah, Forlando City are smart. They will sell him, to. Um, I mean, there are rumors that even Premier League teams are looking at him like a never to So, um, it'd be a great move for him. And it would be, I think, it would reflect well on the league. In terms of Pato, oh man, and maybe I as a Chelsea fan, he had that terrible loan there. But, like, honestly, Pato had been fallen off you know and then he uh goes back home to sao paulo and they release him you know and he hasn't played since july so an out of form still definitely doesn't strike fair and i think uh it's i think a lot of this is going to fall on nani again you know which is like which really how it was before you know uh so i think that nani has been a pretty good player in mls uh, um and you know, he's just can. I, I, I'm curious to see how they adjust. You know, like like Reha, obviously at 12 last year with them. Um, I'd always felt like they had one or two good players, like Chris Mueller and so on. So it was always confusing to me why they were so bad. Um, so I think last year you saw more of a a true reflection, a better reflection of the good players that they have. Uh, do they have enough? D- I don't know, Lee, but I don't think.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Junior Urso in that midfield as well, uh, yeah, has been, uh, yeah, kind of the rocks in their midfield. So it is definitely, yeah, the depth, is it there? Well, you know, we'll see for them. But uh, definitely going into this match, it will be, uh, yeah, they'll be pretty much full strength in that sense. But for Atlanta United, of course, uh, Ezekiel Barco, he's been, uh, like we were mentioning, uh, pretty much. Uh, carrying this team a little bit in terms of creating chances. Uh, Jose Martinez, of course, uh, another player to watch in this match, if he starts or if he doesn't, is it lecha Lopez. We shall see. But Santiago Sosa so far has been just that person in midfield that can do it all. And, uh, yeah, you know, being able to defend uh, any of their best players on on the opposition side, uh, being positionally so sound and uh just starting our attacks it's been really quite wonderful so far for from Sosa and uh yeah hopefully Moreno uh yeah obviously former DP now but uh he is a player that if uh you know he can get it going after that first match where it wasn't you know maybe the uh, the best showing from him uh, if he can, you know, be deployed in probably the positions that he's most comfortable, it'd be the best. That uh, we maybe see the better Moreno. But uh, let's get into the injuries and availability. Mark, take it away.
1: Yeah. So for, for uh, first of all, for Orlando, as you mentioned, they come in pretty much the full. Uh, for Atlanta United, yeah, we're going to be missing Mo Adams. He's uh, dealing, recovering from uh, hernia surgery still. Has uh, set to, uh, not quite sure, might be working on his green card, but he's not going to be available. And, of course, Alan Franco is still working on his visa, so probably won't be available in time for this match.
0: Yes. So, uh, yeah, again, uh, midfield's a little short. You know, there could be some other players that maybe are given the chance uh, if uh, – you know, there's slight rotation, maybe, or, you know, some second half subs. But uh, in terms of Orlando City's 11, they uh, likely will kind of uh, pretty much be deployed this way in pretty much a kind of 4 3 3. And Pedro Galise is between the sticks for them normally. And Ruan, uh, Carlos, Janssen, and Moutinho fill out that back line. Perea and Urso in the midfields. And also the Mauricio Perea in uh, kind of that 10-roll. And then Miller and Nani as the wingers. And Pato probably is going to be their starting striker. And so, you know, it's uh, definitely maybe not as dangerous, maybe, as, say, last year. But, you know, they're uh, still formidable in a lot of senses. So they're not going to be overlooked. And especially when they have pretty much scouting on two of our games, I imagine that they uh, will have... A lot to go on for, uh, you know, and hopefully we just are a little bit more clinical in uh, the chances that we get. But let's get into our predicted 11 and let's get in between between the lines here. Uh, Mark. Yeah, let's uh, let's get our uh, our back five first, uh, so to speak, in yep. goalkeeper as well. Yep. So. We uh, both expect
1: Kuzan to return to his usual uh, spot between the sticks, maybe the captaincy as well. Uh, and then uh, from right back to left back, we have Lennon, Robinson, Walks, and Bellow. I think, you know, they were so good the first two games. no reason to change anything just because so we might not available. Um, so, yeah, that's what we have for our back lines.
0: Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Ronald Hernandez still hasn't really played a part yet, but I think, yeah, to take away, uh, you know, starting spot from Lennon right now, he hasn't, not exactly, uh, you know, deserves to be dropped either. So it's, uh, I think he persists as that right back. Um, And if we see uh, a debut by Alan Franco, I think that would be a surprise, but, uh, you know, stranger things could happen. But let's get into that midfield. Uh, I think, slightly different for both of us I have Ibarra and Sosa and Barco as it's kind of been deployed during the preseason but uh, yeah and uh, somewhat uh, in that second half against Alojelense in that second leg but uh, you have something different Mark mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I still see Barra, and as we mentioned, we talked about Moreno maybe playing his natural position. I would like to see him start off in that eighth position. Um, and we should, you know, as we go through the lines, we should keep in mind that there's going to be a lot of fluidity in this formation yes. anyway. But um, yeah, I think uh, we'll see Moreno in a more of a midfield role for this match.
0: Mm. I think Barco uh, should be more deployed as the ten a little bit, as uh, in that second half he definitely um, he was a little less anonymous like he was maybe in the first in terms of like the chances created i mean he definitely just uh yeah wasn't able to uh maybe fashion the chances that uh, he was in the second half when he was more central and so uh i think for me it makes more sense uh when he's played as a left winger maybe not as effective but you know it could be yeah that fluidity that mark was talking about but Getting into the, the front three then. Yeah, take it away.
1: So at right wing, uh, I think Juergen, as far as you do as well, after uh, you know he came on in the second half, I think Atlanta United were definitely missing that within last night's match. Um, and so I would definitely like to see Juergen down, take up a right wing position. Uh, Licha Lopez comes in for both of us. You know, Joseph got 60 minutes. Uh, he's got to recover a little bit, I think. Um and as I mentioned before, is going to have the handbrake up on him as well. Uh, and then, of course, you have Moreno at the left wing. I have Barco. Um, and I think that that honestly makes sense in the sense that uh, I think that you could see them uh, swapping positions a lot. You know, Moreno going out to the wing, Barco coming in. Um, you know, that interchange and then having Bello, uh, you know, overlap on the left as well. I think the left side will definitely be j- dangerous right, and if uh, the defense gets tucked in that way, you know, if they can switch the ball over to Dom on the right, or Lennon getting forward on the right, you know, I think that's how you, you know, I think that's one way in which you can see all this come together. And the thing about Lika Lopez, too, is that you know, he'll drop deep, he'll get things together. So, yeah, I mean, I, this is definitely a lineup that I would like to see versus Orlando City.
0: Yeah, and uh, like you were saying, yeah, I think it's, uh, in terms of the striker position, it's going to be a lot of, I think, uh, kind of uh, interchangeability between licha lopez and jose martinez uh, obviously they bring different things but uh it'll be probably a lot of this where one starts one match and another starts the other match uh kind of back and forth and that way to keep both of them fresh obviously licha lopez is uh, in his late 30s and uh yeah jose martinez obviously is coming back from injury so it makes a lot of sense here so, anyway, let's move on to what we'd like to see the team do in this match. I think uh, we've seen a little bit of this, but more, I think, would be better in terms of uh, more verticality. Uh, with Jurgen Dom getting in behind, maybe getting to the touchline like he uh, often does, I think will really stretch out this game. And so, uh, that's why I think both of us have him starting. Uh, and then, hopefully, we're more clinical in front of goal because, uh, yeah... We hit a lot to the keeper or got unlucky, hit posts or crossbars, and uh, hopefully we can start to see uh, some hit the back of the net in the match. More than one, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, also, we got to watch out for that ball over the top as uh, there will be willing runners for Orlando City, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. keeping that press and counter press, uh, yeah, Yeah. keeping busy and – pretty much after we lose the ball, making sure that we uh, harry the ball carrier as soon as possible. Uh, that usually tends to bode the best uh, in Hainsey's system. But yeah, uh, if we uh, keep it tight, if we go down early, you know, don't get our heads down, it's not going to be a big deal. It's I think, uh, yes, uh, some of the, the squad is uh, kind of held over from last season in terms of, for us, so they know a little bit of those horrors at uh mercedes Benz Stadium, but they also know the big pluses in uh how we still kept him at bay at Exploria Stadium also with that uh you know that adam john uh last minute header to uh you know break their hearts <laughs> we uh we definitely know all about that, but anything in particular that you'd like to see them do in this match um not really to add to what's
1: uh what you've already said definitely the counter press counter press counter press definitely uh, um, um and like i mentioned before i think the left side is going to be a point of interest for atlanta if they line up the way we think they will um but i think with, with, you look at the roster construction in general i think it's uh it's more built to where you have like Attackers cutting cutting in from the right side. You have Bello, like I mentioned, overlapping. Uh, Mike Gamble's can do that a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, I think the left side is going to be uh, going to be dangerous and hopefully produces some goals.
0: Yeah, hopefully uh, we, you know, uh, overload them a lot on that left and you know, uh, pretty much get our uh, our chances going from there. But uh, that gets us to our score prediction. Mark, what do you got?
1: Let's think about this one. I have us winning 2-1. I think that, uh, you know, with a couple matches under our belt now, and uh, obviously they've trained, they've been working, things. Uh, I'm curious to see what wrinkles they start to introduce in this match. You mentioned Orlando will have seen in those two games. Um, so I expect now um, to see a, a slightly different lineup. Um, so, yeah, I think that... Uh, I think we'll come out. I think we'll um, overwhelm them to a degree. Uh, maybe sh- uh, show them something they haven't seen before. And I, I think Adelaide I will win two one.
0: I love that. Uh, hopefully that is the case. I'm unfortunately a little more reticent to uh, kind of name, uh, you know, name a winner here. And uh, so it's going to be a one one draw for me. I think uh, you know a lot of our uh, if we. Don't necessarily win them. Uh, we've been drawing against Orlando City in that way. So I think, uh, you know, against Orlando City, uh, who have been gearing up for us pretty much all preseason. And uh, us still, uh, yeah, we got to get our match fitness under us. I think we won't necessarily have our full legs. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a 1-1 draw for me. But, uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below what you think the scoreline is going to be. Who you think it's going to start? all that you know we're looking forward to what you have to say but guys that pretty much does it for the entire show except for the question of the day and the question of the day is can Ezekiel Barco live up to his potential in 2021 you know uh it's definitely a big year for him what what can he do uh how many goals how many assists Let us know in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.